This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, great to be with you here this morning. Man, we're already meeting some great folks here. We got some great listeners uh, showing up. Uh, just uh, some, some just pop in just to say hi, and that's great. Come on in, you know, grab some coffee. They're going to have some vittles out here in a little bit. And, uh, but uh, we're at On the Rocks uh, Bar and Grill here on Main Street in Warden, Montana. And uh, Yellowstone County Commissioner John Osson, sidekicking with us here. Our friends from Nemont are going to join us a little bit later this hour of the show as well to talk about the big news that they're here in town to announce with the high-speed Internet. In fact, uh, they got a they got a, an office, uh, I think, right next door, just right down the street from us here. Mitch from On the Rocks was telling us about that. So uh, looking forward to their big news announcement. They've got a town hall meeting taking place uh, in Huntley tonight as well, so we'll tell you about that a little later uh, in the show. Uh, Commissioner Oslin, this was interesting. I was I was noticing via Twitter last night. We, you and I have been talking a lot about the Iowa caucuses and Donald Trump's big victory last night. Uh, Tim Sheehy, the Navy SEAL veteran and uh, Republican U.S. Senate candidate, he was actually at the Iowa caucuses and gave a speech in support of, of Trump. You know, at these Iowa caucuses, it's different from a month like a Montana primary election yeah. where you just go to the polls and vote. There you go. And oftentimes the candidates will speak. Their supporters will speak. Your friends and neighbors will speak. And then you vote. Well, Tim Sheehy was one of the one of the people there stumping uh, for Donald Trump uh, last night as well. Well, that speaks well for our uh, senatorial candidate because he's certainly behind the right guy. Yeah, in fact, we've got the audio. I'm, I'm going to see if Travis can roll that for us here. Um, it's it's Jim audio, so it's it's not you know, but I still think you can hear basically what he had to say while he was stumping for Donald Trump last night at the Iowa caucuses. I did see he had a great photo with Ronnie Jackson. You remember how Liberal Senator John Tester uh, went after then Admiral Ronnie Jackson? Anyway, here's the the Sheehy soundbite from the Iowa caucuses. There you go. That was uh, Tim Sheehy at the Iowa caucuses, a message of strength. And then a strong showing by Trump at the Iowa caucuses last night. I don't know if there's ever been a showing quite that strong, has there? In Iowa. No, that, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. This was a historic yes. showing during the Iowa caucuses. Because the Iowa caucuses are always, you know, this candidate gets a little of this, a little of that. That Yeah, it was a historic showing by Trump. Great point, Commissioner yeah, Austin. Uh, incredible showing. All right, we're going to talk about a proposed jail expansion and much more coming up right after this. Here is your Montana news. A motorhome connected to a missing woman has been located in Idaho Falls and a suspect detained. I reported last week on Megan Stedman, who disappeared December 15th from Livingston. The major clue is a 1973 motorhome with Washington license plates. 
A tip called in led Idaho Falls Police to Chris Foyles of Spokane in possession of the vehicle. The plate read 187WJY with damage to the taillight area on the driver's side. NBC Montana reports that Foyles has been arrested after police there found evidence of first-degree homicide. They are asking for assistance tracing him and the motorhome between mid-December and January 12th. Information may be called in to Detective Reed at dispatch 208-529-1200. That's 208-529-1200. Case number 2024-1289. Megan Stedman is still missing. She is African-American, 5 foot 7 and 195 pounds, with curly brown hair and brown eyes. Colorate reports Stedman has a tattoo of a fish skeleton on her left wrist. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With breaks of sun and some developing cloudiness across the area today. High temperature readings will stay up around 20 in the Bozeman area to the low 20s in Billings. For tonight, mostly cloudy skies. Chances for snow showers towards Bozeman in the early morning hours with low temperatures otherwise headed back to around 12. Now with light snow on Wednesday, an inch or two is expected in the area. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. I love this song. I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, Commissioner Oslin, you're going to really like this uh, this message we got from Tim and Savage. So, uh, Tim and Savage, you and I talking about just this historic victory by Donald Trump at the Iowa caucuses last night. Just got this message on our Montana Talks app from Tim and Savage. He says, I was really surprised by the blowouts yesterday. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia barely showed up to play. Now, the Trump win didn't surprise me at all, though. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> oh, man. It really yeah. didn't surprise me either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't either. And, you know, it, it was kind of funny, too. I, I forget who said this via Twitter, but they were like, oh, you just watch. I think it was probably Donald Trump Jr. He, or, or Eric Trump, maybe. They said, oh, you just watch how some of the media are going to spin this. You know, they're going to say, well, if Donald Trump doesn't get this or doesn't get that or or you watch, it doesn't matter how big Donald Trump's victory is, they're still going to figure out a way to downplay it and say, oh, well, but, or, oh, well, this. Uh, well, let's, we can talk more, more Trump stuff later, but uh, uh, let's, let's talk about some, some local kind of Yellowstone County issues since we're out here, you know, on the town and in, in Warden, Montana. We were talking about crime, the cartels, the border, the, you know, the, the youth gang activity. Uh, you know, the challenge is that for law enforcement is like, hey, you go out and arrest these bad guys. Where are you going to put them? The jail has been full. So I know you've been looking at uh, this proposed jail expansion and trying to get the city to put some skin in the game as well. We have, Aaron. And, and you know, thank you for that lead in. And it's great to talk to the folks around here about crime. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons that Trump had such a strong showing because the open border the cartels and the flow of fentanyl across the border have a direct impact on the crime everywhere in the country, including Billings. 
And we did, you know, as you know, uh, five years ago, we expanded our jail and we're up to 438 people, but we run 600 all the time. The problems we're having with that, with this new wave of crime we've had, with the gang violence that we've had and with the drugs that are flowing across here and uh, the crime thefts across the city, <clears throat> we don't have a place. And it's a, it's a morale buster for the Billings Police, the Highway Patrol and the Sheriff's Department when they catch people that should be in jail. Uh, at least overnight, or to see a judge, and the jail is full. Well, and and then at the at the state level, you know, the the state prison has also had their capacity issues. And even if it's even if it's not for lack of beds, it may be for lack of of staffing. Staffing is a big issue for everybody across the board. Capacity issues have plagued everyone, and uh, that's part of the problem with our overcrowding is we can't transfer DOC prisoners up there. They have done better recently. We put a lot of pressure on them in the committee that Commissioner Morris is on, and uh, so we're making some progress. But we did kind of come to an agreement with the city, and we went out and got an architectural review and there's two separate parts to this jail expansion that I, w I don't want to confuse the public with. We believe that we have the financing and the city is going to pay a good part, if not half, of a temporary facility. But it won't be a temporary facility, be a temporary hold. So we're going to build 33 to 66 bed addition to the jail. And we can do that without impeding any further expansion that the jail might have. And we can do it fairly quickly. And what that 72-hour hold will do... It will allow those officers that arrest someone that really needs to be in jail to be picked up, booked into jail rather than get a notice to appear and have to see a judge before they get out. Well, and I like that, too, because we don't need to build the Taj Mahal for these guys. I mean, Sheriff, I remember several years ago when, yep. when this first started cropping up, it's like, hey, we just need a tent and, and some food and some water and security. Like, we just need somewhere to put these. We don't need to build some fancy, elaborate facility. I mean, long term, yeah, you got to do a, a full scale. But in the meantime, when you're getting hit with a crime increase, just find somewhere to put these criminals. And, and even for the lesser offenses, that's how you nip these things in the bud. And, you know, somebody that, that, that faces immediate consequences, even for a lesser offense, Sometimes that's the wake-up call they need that gets their life back on track. And, and Because otherwise, when, when, when there's no accountability, well, then you have the broken windows theory and things escalate out of control. And people start – and then the criminality uh, starts to seep in and they realize, oh, well, we, we can just get away with stuff. And then it gets worse and worse. And then before you know it, kids are getting shot. Aaron, you're so on track with that. you got to have consequences for bad behavior. And it will prevent a lot of crime in the future when people get caught for a misdemeanor crime or a high misdemeanor crime or drug paraphernalia or theft or anything else. When they, got a, when they get picked up, handcuffed on the street, have their car confiscated, arrested and go to jail and got to see a judge before they get out rather than get a notice to appear, that will improve the morale in the police department, the sheriff's department, the highway patrol. But more than that, it will have an impact on crime. And that's an impact I think we'll be able to measure. That's yeah, that's right. The other big topic I know uh, of conversation has been, you know, obviously the severe cold weather. I mean, and we, we were joking during the break. I tried to help my kid change a car battery yesterday. And after 10 minutes, even wearing gloves, I was like, man, my my bones hurt because <laughs> it's just, just been such severe cold. And so obviously there's there's homeless shelters that, that have accountability. The rescue mission does a great job. Uh, but but when there's severe cold like that, obviously we want people to have a safe place to go where they can just be warm and not die in this extreme cold. But on the other hand, 
you know, we, we don't want to encourage the transient element in homeless encampments and the criminality that we've seen in places like Portland and elsewhere. Yeah, that's a delicate balance, and we don't do a lot of homeless shelters. The county doesn't have any. We do have the mental health center, and we fund a lot of mental health issues. Uh, we work with Rimrock and the crisis center. We fund the crisis center and all of those uh, facilities that can help people. But really the homeless problem that we have is more a city oriented problem and, and quite honestly uh, there's a lot of shelters out there and a lot of private facilities that are helping out uh, I don't know if you can ever build enough to fix what we have as a problem right now yeah I did think it was interesting uh, Bozeman apparently uh, there was a a murder suspect picked up in uh, or suspect vehicle is picked up in Idaho and it, it looks like I, I haven't confirmed this here, but it looks like it was some sort of a transient that maybe had been camping out in the Bozeman area. So that's a story worth following up on as well. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. Foreign ownership of farmland is a concern with some states taking an active role. 3.1% of privately held farmland has foreign ownership nationwide. And there was a question of whether it's a national or state level issue. Director of the Ag Law Center, Harrison Pittman, says it will be both. States have certainly become more active from a historical perspective than, than they have been in, in recent decades. There are a number of federal proposals. Pittman also points out Arkansas's move to have Kim China owned Syngenta sell off its agricultural assets in its state. Not all these state laws are, are the same. I don't think you could even describe them as having a uniformity. And interestingly, Arkansas was a state that had neither a grandfather clause uh, and it didn't have a research exception, which a lot of these laws do. Pittman says it's likely foreign ownership of farmland will be addressed in the farm bill, but it will be difficult to find a political consensus on the issue. These proposals would depend on USDA taking a much more active role, but to do that, they're going to need a lot of resources, and they're going to have to add a lot of people, which is money. And so you may have people that think it's a terrific idea, but they may not think it's a terrific idea at the same time to expand USDA in that way. Earlier this month, Missouri issued an executive order banning foreign adversaries from acquiring agricultural land near critical military facilities in Missouri. I'm Lane Northland. Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we've got Yellowstone County Commissioner John Oslin sidekicking with us here this morning as we're broadcasting live from On the Rocks Bar and Grill here in Warden, Montana, right on Main Street. We've got a number of great listeners who are already showing up to say hello and having a cup of coffee out here with us on Main Street. And I think they're going to have some food uh, uh, available here later this morning, but uh, Yes, food's supposed to be incredible out here. Uh, they are a certified Angus uh, beef uh, 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 place out here, but uh, not just a steakhouse. They kind of do it all. In fact, we just heard the farm and ranch report there from our friend Lane Nordland, and uh, big agricultural connection here with On the Rocks. Uh, uh, on the Rocks is a family-owned operation on Main Street. Uh, the owners, John and Debbie Goggins, live just a short 10 miles away on the Vermilion Angus Ranch. That's where John grew up, and he and Debbie continue to live. And so, of course, they got certified Angus beef on the menu uh, here. 
Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Goggins family, big name in agriculture. John is also the publisher and owner of the Western Ag Reporter. And so, yeah, well-known uh, agricultural family. But uh, apparently owning a restaurant was the dream of Debbie Goggins ever since her and John married back in 1993. John finally lost out, and now Debbie finally has her restaurant. So congratulations <laughs> to them. And that's a neat story, isn't it? That's Debbie a great story. And I'll tell you, if you haven't been out there on the rocks, it's a beautiful place. I'll tell you, they've really done a fantastic job. A full-service bar here, pool table, food, uh, high-quality food, and nice to have a a location right in Warden where the residents can come and eat. I think it'll end up being a destination. Well, I think so, too. You know, yeah. I was thinking, you know, we're going to chat with Mitch Fox again uh, later on in the 9 o'clock hour of the show. He joined us for part of the 6 o'clock hour. And, you know, I think, you know, when our listeners in Forsyth and Glendive and Circle and these other folks hear about this, they're going to think, man, when I'm driving to driving to the big city, I'm going to I'm gonna drop by on my yep. way into in because it's always fun to just check out these different restaurants. Like out in Custer, for example, I, you know, I stopped on the way back from the from last year's Glendive Agri-Trade Expo. I stopped at that, you know, because I'd heard great things from my my uh, my cousin. You know, his, his wife grew up on a ranch in Custer, and so they said, oh, you got to check out this restaurant in Custer. Well, I did, and it was incredible, and, and I've heard this place is incredible, so I can't wait to, to try this here as well. Uh, Commissioner Austin, let's see. We got a message that just came in on our Montana Talks app. Uh, let's see. This was from, from Chad in Billings. Just an idea. Why don't we use the, the, uh, the drug money to fund, the marijuana money to fund the jail expansion? Where is that money going? Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's, that's a good. So, you know, with these marijuana, um, you know, with these, what are they called? Uh, not distilleries, dispensaries. Supposed to be a bunch of tax revenue coming from marijuana now. Can that be used to fund a jail expansion? Aaron, that's a great question, and uh, appreciate it from your listening audience. Not only a great question, we actually are using that. All that money goes into the sheriff's fund, and that uh, marijuana money—you know—it's a direct uh, way to fund some of the crime problems. And there are some created by it. Uh, we have a lot of DUIs now that are not alcohol-related anymore; they're drug-related. And so there, it's created some other problems. So along with the funding comes the additional problems that we have. Yeah, or sometimes, uh, oftentimes a combination of the two now as well. Yeah. Well, that's like with all these wrong way drunk drivers or wrong way drivers in, in Bozeman, for example, they've seen a big uptick. It's like, well, what's driving the uptick there? And, you know, is it the additional substance abuse, the combination, the additional combination of substance abuse now? And uh, so, and by, by the way, on that front, um, I, I, I did put it in an update on our Montana Talks uh, website. There was this, you know, there was this tragic uh, death of a young mom who was killed by a wrong way driver on the interstate. And a lot of our listeners have been asking for two weeks now, how come we haven't heard ab about the driver, about the suspect in that incident? And some people had asked if, if, if it's an illegal immigrant, is that why they're not uh, reporting on who the suspect was? Um, I, I reached out once again to this time to Montana Highway Patrol. They are still conducting all of their, you know, crime scene investigation, reconstructing the accident. So the investigation is taking some time. But they did confirm uh, that the driver is a Montana resident and not, I say again, not an illegal alien. But but the reason people were wondering is was there were two separate incidents where two different illegal aliens were wrong way driving on the interstate in Bozeman. And thankfully, nobody got hurt in those in instances. But sure is a whole lot more of those things. Uh, yeah, that, that shows you one of the problems. And there are so many problems with this illegal immigration. 
most often, if not almost every time, when you find someone on the wrong side of the interstate, it's drug or alcohol related. And uh, I'm just learning some of the terminology about the new marijuana problems that we're dealing with. And, you know, I don't know if the people out there have heard, do you know what dabs are? Uh, well, I didn't until there were students at West High School that got sent to the hospital because sure. they were dabbing at the high school. Yeah, yeah and, and, and just very high potency THC. And, uh, you know, it, it gives uh, psychotic responses from people. It, you know, I mean, this is this is pretty serious, heavy drugs that we're putting out there. And there's really no quality control on the dosage. So you can overdose on this stuff so very easy from what I've told. Good good point. That's what happened at yeah. high school students yeah. in, in Billings. All right. Back in 60 seconds after this Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Former President Trump wins the Iowa caucuses by the biggest margin ever with 51% of the vote. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. It's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. Ron DeSantis finishes second with 21%, just ahead of Nikki Haley. Vivek Ramaswamy gets 8%, drops out, and endorses Trump. The former president is in New York this morning for the start of a defamation damages trial over public statements about the writer Eugene Carroll. Carroll has already sued former President Trump and won over damages his denial of sexually assaulting her in 1995 did to her reputation. Carroll was ordered to be paid $5 million after that trial last year. Fox's Grinnell Scott in New York. Stocks are lower to start the morning on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. All right. Our friends from Nemont are going to join us here in just a few minutes to talk about the big news uh, that they're announcing here in, in Warden today. And then they have a town hall meeting in, in Huntley tonight, just down the road from us. Commissioner Oslin, I, I got to get your take on this. This just came to mind as I was talking about this Bozeman interstate issue. Uh, 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 Anna Shumalinen and Anna, I apologize if I pronounced your last name wrong, but uh, Anna and Bozeman are her and her husband, just remarkable folks. They immigrated to this country legally. They escaped uh, communism, and now they live in, in, in America, in Montana, in Bozeman in particular, and, and, and they're just such great freedom fighters. She wrote a letter to the editor, I think it was to the Belgrade newspaper, and she said, hey, Gallatin County commissioners, Gallatin County is not Bozeman. And I love that she made that point because it's yeah. like – because I, I see this with you – know, because, because the politics have gone so blue – Prior to prior to 2020, you know, you had, uh, you know, the, all, all these folks from Seattle and San Francisco move into Bozeman. And as a result, not only is the, the city government in Bozeman so left now, but now the, the Gallatin County commissioners are so liberal now, too. And 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 it's like, yeah, hey, um, Gallatin County commissioners, you're supposed to look out for the county. You're not just supposed to be, oh, the, the same liberal county commissioners that you already have on the city commission. And that's what I've always appreciated about about you and. And the majority uh, typically on the Yellowstone County Commission is, okay, you got this liberal city council in Billings oftentimes, and, which we still currently have. But the Yellowstone County Commissioners stand separate and you actually look out for not just Billings but for the whole county. And, and don't just – you're not just another proxy force for the, the liberal city council. And thank you. I appreciate the compliment. And uh, we've had a great uh, – for the most part, a great commission over the years. Mark Morris, a tremendous asset to there. And uh, – I just enjoy him. He's got a law enforcement background. He's working on a jail study commission. They're, he's working really hard with the judges and the district attorneys and the police chief and the sheriff to find solutions to our crime problem there. 
And uh, I would have to say that we're pretty proud of our conservative track record in Yellowstone County. Yeah. Uh, homelessness warming centers, I know it's a balance. Just to You, you want to be able to keep people safe, save lives during severe cold. But at the other hand, we don't want to just become the recruitment ground for the criminal transient element that comes from other states oftentimes. Well, that's a delicate balance, and I'm not sure if everybody knows. But <clears throat> even the transient people, they all have cell phones, and they have a network, and they tell each other where the services are. You can go get food here. You can go get shelter here. You can find an overnight place to stay. You can find long-term housing here. So that a lot of that community moves around based on the services provided. We, we, we darn sure want to take care of those people that are less fortunate, but we don't want to create a culture where we encourage it. All right. Well said. Quick break here on Montana Talks as we broadcast live from On the Rocks in Warden, Montana. Our friends from Nemont will be joining us on the microphones just after this. They have a town hall meeting tonight, 6.30 p.m., at the Roadside Events Center in Huntley. They're going to be discussing fiber and high-speed Internet all out here in the Warden, Shepherd, Huntley, Ballantyne area. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, let's get to the big news of the day here as we broadcast live from Warden, Montana. Very exciting news. In fact, Nemont is having a uh, town hall meeting tonight in Huntley. And we've got uh, uh, a, few, a few of our friends from Nemont here with us now. Uh, first off, let's go to Leif uh, Handron with Nemont Communications. You made the drive all the way down from SCOBY. And, I did. Uh, you should have come down Friday and spent the weekend down here. Although, yeah. was, we weren't that much warmer than SCOBY either. So, No, it's it was miserable in SCOBY last weekend. <laughs> like 60 below with uh, the wind chill. Yeah. For three days straight. So That's the, mon- that's the high line I grew up in. <laughs> I love it, you know. Yeah. But then again, I'm not out checking on on cows. So yeah. I, either am I. For me either to am say I. That. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You know, Nemont. A lot of people. It makes sense when you think about it. But Nemont uh, reminds you of Northeast Montana. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's where the company got its start. Yeah. At Scobie, Montana. That's where the company is headquartered. But you guys have really expanded uh, across the state, and you're but but continuing to provide that rural telecommunications uh, support, uh, you know, out here in Warden, uh, Shepherd, Huntley areas, but even our listeners in Absorkey and along the Beartooth front yep. are also benefiting from Nemont as well now. Yep, yep. So we're we're actively right now, um, kind of the big news is we're, we're bringing fiber into this area, um, Huntley, Warden, Ballantyne, uh, Prior Creek around the golf course there by Huntley, um, and Absorkey as well. We're actively doing fiber in Absorkey right now. We're actively putting fiber in Huntley right now. And then um, Prior Creek is going to start around April 1st uh, with construction of fiber around the golf course area there. And then we're going to go, um, there's about 27 miles of underground mainline and then 10 miles of service drops. And when I talk about service drops, that means from basically from the, the highway where we have the mainline fiber that goes into your house. So there's about 10 miles of service drops. Um, it's going to be around the golf course area. 
and then south down to Shadow Canyon Community. So locals around here will know that area, uh, know what we're talking about when we say uh, the Shadow Canyon Community. And then we're going to go east of Pryor down to Squaw Creek Road. Um, and then, as I said, we're actively in Huntley right now, putting in fiber. Um, and then Warden and Ballantyne will probably start early spring with construction. And then the homes between Huntley and Warden will start this summer. Yeah. So. And when you say fiber, so now when I'm setting up my remote broadcast equipment, you know, it's like, okay, I could use cell phone connection, my you know, out here, but, but I'm doing higher speed or higher quality audio feed and we're feeding, you know, so, so the best thing I can do is, is actually plug in right now. I'm just using the Wi-Fi here and yep. it's working great. Yep. I think it's sounding great from what I'm hearing so far, but I could plug straight into their router. Yep. That's ideal because that, that plug in hardwired connection is the best, but it is. so when we're talking about, you know, some people have gotten it over satellite before, some people have gotten it through an older service provider before. Uh, we remember that, you know, the phone line stuff. <laughs> yep. What does fiber mean for these communities? So fiber basically is a future-proof um, connect connection that will be good for years to come. So like on the old copper that we have now, you know, the farther you farther away you get from the the central office, the slower it is and the worse it gets. So uh, with fiber, there's no distance limitations. So um, you've got, and then also with that, you get high-speed internet with symmetrical speeds, which means the same download as upload speeds. Where on copper, you could get faster download and not as fast upload speeds. Yeah, and so basically, so for all of these folks that live out here in these great communities, the ability to do business, the ability to handle multiple streaming devices and platforms yep. within your home. Yep. Uh, is is going to be huge. Yep. And with the pandemic, you know, we've seen a lot of people working from home now. And it just kind of continued over after the pandemic left. People are still working from home and they need that upload speed now for video conference calls. Uh, you know, everyone's got Zoom or Teams um, where they're doing um, video calling, which needs some high speed upload speeds to have a great resolution. So I'm laughing because my wife's been on video uh, conference calls. Hey, kids, get off the games. <laughs> get off the – and this is, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the west end of Billings. Yep. It's like, well, what the heck, for Pete's sake. So, yep. uh, But Demont covers the, the more rural areas. Yes. So, yep. yeah, as you push this fiber out there. Uh, Liddell Heaton, I think we have you to thank for our great show location today. Uh, Mitch Fox and the crew here at On the Rocks, they, they were, I guess they were chatting with you down at the Nemond office down the street, or maybe it was Sean McDuffie they were chatting with. Well, thank you, Aaron. Um, this is just a great location for our whole community. Um, between Mitch and the Goggins family that's here, we brought fiber into this building when they were constructing it. Um, I think they have 14 TVs that stream all the time. Um, they've got a, a big symmetrical pipe and they're they're happy with it like like you said right now you're working off of their wi-fi and all the tvs are running so we're yeah, not that's right not and, out of and the games that are hooked and the and the jukebox that's hooked up to the music yep. yeah because uh yeah because i i thought uh, maybe i need to plug right into the router because sometimes i mean you know no matter where i'm at if if i'm just using the wi-fi it may not be the best i may need to actually physically plug in but no you're right it's it's booming so uh now, I know sometimes that can change as more people wake up and get rolling after 8 o'clock in the morning, but uh, 
but now it's it's going great. So and yeah. and the Wi-Fi stream is what changes. When we say we are bringing you up to this amount, that's your pipe. That's being a country girl. I always equate it to an irrigation pipe. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> understands how you get water out to a field, and that's that's these pipes of fiber that we bring in. So it just it works. So we're going from that that little pipe feeding cold water to your washing machine to now, you know, a, a big, massive, massive pipe in, in terms of Internet capability that's coming out of this neck of the woods. That yep. puts it in perspective. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly. that's what it is. It's more more speed. Yeah. And then Sean McDuffie, you run the local office, right? So right here on Main Street, Ward, Montana. I do. Thanks, Aaron, for uh, coming out and visiting us today and uh, having us on, our, on your show. So it's uh Hope get that a little closer. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, what a pleasure to have you here today. So it's a great location. How do you describe kind of downtown Warden, Montana? I mean what I mean, we got a little little coffee shack right across the street, got a great restaurant now, certified. I mean, to have a restaurant like this in in Warden, Montana. I mean, normally you gotta travel down the interstate to get to Billings in order to have something like yeah, this. Yeah, anybody who hasn't checked out uh, on the rocks yet, um, is they should come out here. What they've got great food. They're great people, um, uh, and it's and it's nice to be here in this venue today. I, I love it too. We've got some listeners out here in the audience, and uh, one gentleman's got his Grizz hat on. The other gentleman's got his Bobcat hat on. It's a house so. divided. Certainly, <laughs> it's, it's a house divided this morning. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, uh, Leif or or Lindell or, or Liddell or, or Sean, feel free. I know you've got a big town hall meeting tonight. Why is this town hall meeting so important in Huntley? Yeah, so we, we want to get the word out to every, all the local community members that, you know, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish, that you're going to see uh, contractors running around the streets, the countryside, um, plowing in fiber. Um, some of it's aerial, so you'll see them up on poles, lashing aerial uh, fiber. Um but we just really wanted just to have a little town hall meeting where they can come in and ask questions. We've got maps to show them where our fiber drops are going to go, the route, kind of the, the timeline. So people are, you know, when am I going to get fiber? When am I going to get fiber? We can kind of give them an uh, update of the timeline of our construction process for this year and th through the summer. And um, But we just wanted to have a little get-together, and um, we'll have some snacks and some coffee and some drinks and stuff. But um, just come out and ask questions and just... Get excited for getting high-speed internet into the project area. That's right. Yeah, and I've got the full flyer promoting the event tonight, too. It's on our Montana Talks website. If you just look for the, the story about our live show from here in Warden, it's got the flyer embedded into it. Uh, one of our listeners all the way out in Savage, Montana, Tim and Savage, uh, Tim Tharp, our friend Tim Tharp, he, said, he sent us a message on the app. He says, Leif is the man. Give him greetings from Mr. T. <laughs> Was he your school teacher? When he you was. Were he was my math teacher. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Was he good? He was. Really? Actually, that's a surprise. I hate to tell everyone that, but yeah, he was good. Yeah. No, he's a great guy. So, so we always uh, love getting get messages from Tim and Savage. In fact, uh, we did a big show with John Brandon out of Scobie, yep. which in Scobie is, is the the home headquarters for Nima. How many employees do you guys have in Scobie, by the way? Uh, I think now we've job. got about. Uh, I want to say 70 in Scobie. But you're kind of sprawled out elsewhere across, across Montana. Yeah. But, but that but that big of an employer and headquartered in small town Scobie, Montana is yep. just a huge deal. It is. It and is. people in Montana, they love supporting Montana businesses. So yep. great way to get some good fiber and support a Montana business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 
Sean, do they just come in and see you if they want to get get hooked up for the first time? Liddell, do they call you? Who do they, they call? See, uh, they can call. Uh, they can call us or come see Liddell or any uh, any of the above. Check us out on the internet. It's uh, uh, Liddell would happily get somebody hooked up. Perfect. Well, great to see all of you. I know you're going to stick around for later on in the nine o'clock yep. hour as yep. well, and we'll be here at On the Rocks for the rest of the morning with open microphones for you as well. Fox News commentary. John Kerry will step down from his useless role as Biden's special climate envoy. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Get all of your favorite Fox News podcasts commercial-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. From Dana Perino, Kennedy, Ben Dominic, The Duffies, and many more. Subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. If there ever was a made-up and worthless position, it would be John Kerry's role as U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. But as it turns out, John Kerry will be abandoning this imaginary post to reportedly focus more time on helping the Biden campaign. But John Kerry will do nothing to help Biden win over voters, just as he did nothing to save the planet as Special Climate Czar. In fact, he has done the opposite, flying around in private jets. But Kerry has claimed over and over again that he must fly private to be able to attend climate-focused events and even claims that his important work offsets his huge carbon footprint. It's always the same song and dance with these hacks. They want us to give up our leaf blowers, our gas-powered vehicles, our gas stoves, and everything else, all while they refuse to sacrifice or even lift a finger. So don't let the door hit you on the way out, John Kerry. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless at Outkick.com. Hey, I know Monday is a holiday. Some people are going to be taking the day off, but we're going to be fully up and running here with Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk big week coming up ahead following a big week of some big business news a new ammo manufacturer coming to glendive a gun manufacturer coming to helena montana some big news in the past week what's coming up in the week ahead big show coming up monday montana talks we take it statewide from nine to ten we take your phone calls brought to you from the montana hot spring spas and saunas live well feel better studio This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got a great show coming up for you here all morning long. Uh, some great listeners in the house enjoying a cup of coffee here at On the Rocks in Warden, right on Main Street. We got some listeners from Huntley. We got some listeners out here in the Warden area. And then one guy even drove all the way out from Billings. He said, ah, I just wanted to come see you. I've been listening to you for years. So, it, you know, it. John, uh, John Austin, Yellowstone County Commissioner John Austin back with us here. Isn't it amazing? It's like you, you think you've met everybody. You think you've met all your listeners. We've done the show on the town. You know, we take the show out on the road all across the state, but you always meet new folks. It's just always incredible coming you, out. You here. do, and with your listening audience, you're going to have to really get around the state to meet them all. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it's crazy. You forget how many people are listening, and then you get out, and you're like, man, it's really humbling. But but it all it's also part of the fun because it's you know, especially when you grew up in small town Montana, yep. where you know everybody, uh, you know it's fun feeling like you're still in Montana and you still know everybody. You're, you're still, still in Montana and you're making a difference. Well, I, I I think we are. I think I think every one of our callers and the people that message us on the app, I, I truly think we are. Look at what what a difference Montana is now. 
and what it, I mean, this big news about Bristol Defense moving their ammo manufacturing, uh, setting up shop in Glendive, Montana, and then Olympus Arms going to be manufacturing the best in show rifle from the shot show last year. They're going to be doing that, making that in Montana now. I yep. mean, I mean, we, we've really seen a difference here in just the last uh, three, four, three years in Montana. That is sure. exciting, and that's the kind of businesses we want here. They're great business, long-term businesses. They'll provide great employment, and they provide uh, all the pieces and parts we need to keep our Second Amendment alive. Yeah, and they're actually building things. They're actually making things uh, that we then make more money off of. It's yep. like value-added. They're not just reselling something else uh, or, or selling something out of thin air. Uh, coming up at the 8 o'clock hour of the show, Jonathan McNiven with the Yellowstone County News is going to be here. Uh, one of those news outlets you can trust. Uh, good guy. He used to fill in for us on the show from time to time, but but's gotten really busy with the paper, so I'm glad he's freeing up some time with us here to, to come join us. And then uh, and then some more folks that are going to be here. And then in the 9 o'clock hour, we got a, a whole other lineup coming. Uh, Commissioner Austin, just a couple minutes to go, to about three minutes or so to go here uh, before we get to our national news update. We talked about a uh, the jail expansion for Yellowstone County Jail, and, and expanding jails all across Montana is important right now. Uh, apparently, there's a couple more uh, couple more things that need to be done in order to make this happen. Yeah, there's a two-step process. Uh, t the 72-hour hold will be a permanent addition for 33 to 66 beds. It's expandable. We'll probably build it two stories. And we do have the money with the city's participation to build that right now, Aaron. So we're going to... We're going to be moving forward as quickly as possible on that. But that doesn't solve the long-term need to expand the jail. So we, we're actually going to go out and we're going to hire a company that studies those kind of things. And they'll say that your demographics got 175,000 people and this is your level of crime at this point. And they'll kind of tell us what we need so we have an idea what to go to the voters with. So that, that expansion on the permanent expansion, that could be two, four, six hundred beds. We don't know yet. But we're going to listen to them, and that will likely have to go to the voters. Uh, there's no way we'll be able to fund something like that in the operation maintenance. Uh. Yeah. Just in terms of big picture Yellowstone County growth, it was interesting when when the city was trying to get a, a bunch of money for uh, that aquatics facility that got rejected by the voters. I, I remember saying, hey. We're growing. Isn't there more money coming in? Why do you got to charge the taxpayers more? And the city council member who was advocating at the time said, well, the county's growing. The city isn't really growing that much. The county is where the growth is really happening. And it's like, well, well yeah, uh, yeah, there's a reason for that. It's too hard to build in the city limits, but but there's big growth in Yellowstone it, County. And that was a pretty strong message from the voters to the city of Billings. And the most important thing, and we've heard from a lot of the public, the most important thing on their plate right now is the crime. Closing the border is going to solve that problem, but in the meantime, we need to deal with the situation that's on hand. That's going to take a jail expansion. That will take money, and I, I believe that the voters are ready to support that, and uh, I, I think that, that that's no doubt in our future. Yeah. Well, Commissioner, thanks for freeing up some time for us here this morning. I know you got to hit the road and get back to your meeting, but it was great sidekicking with you a little bit, especially hearing your thoughts on uh, the historic victory in the Iowa caucuses uh, by Donald Trump last night. The voters sent a pretty strong message in Iowa, too, didn't they? They did. That they did. Yep. Uh, I got a message from our Trump-supporting friend Nancy in Roundup. She just has sent us a message, so maybe I'll share that one with our listeners in the 8 o'clock hour of the show. So, Aaron, thanks for having me. Thank you. Great to see you. Yeah, always, see you. always a pleasure. Uh, okay, we'll get your uh, Fox News update in here at the top of the hour. If you want to be on the program this morning, normally we take your phone calls. Today we want to see you. Come see us in person at On the Rocks in Warden. We've got the microphones open for you and some other great guests that are joining us on the show. 888-900-3393.